Welcome to the Yes I Am podcast, where vulnerability and authenticity fuel transformative conversations. I'm your host, Armand, guiding you through captivating life stories that shape our existence. Follow me on Instagram at ArmandASKZ for exclusive content, behind-the-scenes insights, and episode updates. Now open your mind to the transformative power of our guest story as we embark on a journey that will inspire and uplift. Welcome to YesAM Podcast, Ashton. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Um, so you 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 do photography, right? Photography, graphic design, just visual arts. Yeah. Yeah. What 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 got you into that? Oh man. Um, okay. So long story short, I guess I grew up in a very large extended family, <laughs> and I feel like I was always getting cameras shoved in my face, like during family gatherings and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of like sparked it. I was like, I want to turn these photos into something that's a little more creative. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy like making people feel like the main character. And so to give them a portrait that they really like <laughs> is something that I really admire. Um, and I saw that through family portraits of like how happy it made people mm-hmm. um, when they received those photos. Um, so to keep a long story short, that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah. And then since middle school, I've kind of just explored on my own with my own cameras and finding people who want to model. And uh, it just kind of kickstarted from there. Yeah. It's just been a journey. Do you like make that vision, you know, like what you want to create when it comes to photography? Like what what is that in your head, you know? So sometimes I have like yeah. a goal as to what my final image for sure. Like what I want it to look like, but other times it's just, hey, let's just get in the car, drive somewhere mm-hmm. and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's kind of fifty fifty. Like half of the time I'll have an idea of what I want. Half yeah. of the time it's just gonna be random and it's gonna turn out great regardless. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like uh, the planned ones, uh, it's kind of like, it's how I express myself usually. Mm. Um, so if I'm kind of going through something or if I'm really happy or if I'm feeling any intense emotion, yeah. um, then that's when the, the photos are planned usually. So wait, these are the, the one I say, it shows your kind of like how you feel in your mood. Mm-hmm. Those are like, what are photos are? Are they photos of like, like uh, nature or are those also? Uh, sometimes they're self-portraits or self-portraits? sometimes I'm working okay. through people, like I'm posing people in certain oh, ways or asking them if they would be willing to model for this and then. Okay, yeah. okay. Usually it's people. Um, so cool. I'm still like learning with the nature of photography and the landscapes, yeah, but I think fine. I'm getting a little better, but yeah. yeah. Usually I like to work, work <laughs> with people, but yeah. When it comes to life, do you like, do you also like do a lot of imagination in your head you know like kind of like where you want to take your life what Mm -hmm. you want to do today things like that like what's going on in your head Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. actually i've had like quite a few conversations with some people in my cohort about like like do you have a voice in your head exactly some people don't have a voice in their head i'm learning really yeah but i'm like always i'm always hearing myself in my own head of like what's next what am i doing what should i be doing i can totally relate mm-hmm. it just happens all the time in my head too yeah all the time so i'm always thinking about like what's what's to come um mm-hmm. but with that i think it's also nice to live more in the present moment so sometimes i like to kind of take a step back and be like well let's just enjoy the time that we're in now and not mm-hmm. overly stress about it but yeah so you like but like do you control that or is it like just actively coming and you know or like you use it sometimes to give you ideas like what, what, how, how do you how do you like 
I guess like you know we have an inner child and then mm-hmm. we have probably inner head or something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, inner voice. Yeah. I mean, usually it's uncontrollable for me. Yeah. Um, if I have an idea or a thought, it usually tends to just kind of stay in there. And in terms of art, like if I have mm-hmm. some sort of vision as to what I want a final piece to look like, mm-hmm. that takes up a lot of real estate in my head until I create right. the piece. Yeah. It's kind of like I get a little. Like anxious, I get shaky until I make it right. Like yeah. I'm always thinking about what it is I want to make until it actually comes out. How do you set the wire for that? You know, what do you do to like get in that zone? I think it just kind of happens for happens? me, okay. um, and I think that's how it works with a lot of people that are in like the similar field that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Is like it's really difficult to. That's why, like in the arts, like if you're in a professional field. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to have like a regular nine to five for creatives, I think, because a lot of our thinking just kind of happens when it happens. Um, sure. I know for me, it's definitely like around 11 p.m. to midnight is when my brain is the most active? creatively active. active. Okay. Um, and I've noticed that like if I'm a little sleep deprived, a lot of my ideas come out quicker than if I'm fully focused in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because I don't overthink it. So. Yeah, so I think it's uncontrollable, but also, you know, you notice patterns at the same time, so you're able to kind of, like, maneuver your thoughts a little bit. For sure. But, yeah. That's quite interesting, because, you know, like, I feel like even imagination is just so powerful in our heads, Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of times it could be a a positive impact, or at the same time it could be definitely negative, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because, like, imagination is kind of, like, has kind of a very cool relation with overthinking. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, even in like like everyday everyday life, like if you think someone has a negative opinion about you, like yeah. that is like I'm able to overthink that to a point where it's negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, if I'm thinking of something very positive, like what it is I'm going to do this summer and the trips I'm going on, mm-hmm. that still is taking up a lot of space in my mind. So that is also very positive, like things like that. So it goes either way, kind of like a like a seesaw, but yeah. it's just constantly going back and forth. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, like in your daily life, actually, that that was a good example. You brought up the fact that you know sometimes like you may get a negative comment, you know, mm-hmm. and then let's say that day you just had a perfect day, you know, versus the day that you were kind of like woke up from the wrong side of the bed. So, like, do you think for you personally that negative comment that you got, it, the way you interpret it in your mind, is different in in the, depending on the, your mood? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes it just feels like a slap in the face too, and you're having a good day, and then something negative happens. Yeah. And it feels like like that. It's way easier to recognize negativity than it is to recognize positivity. Mm. Uh, for me personally, I guess. Yeah. Um, so like, if something negative happens, that tends to stick with me longer than if something positive were to happen for on sure. a bad day. Um, which isn't my favorite thing to say, but I feel like it's true. Like neg- negativity is just easier to. It's easier to stick with. It's easier to hold a grudge than it is to love sometimes. So why is that? I, I why is that, Ramon? I th- I think as humans, I have some. Sometimes I have a pretty pessimistic view. Uh-huh. Maybe this is the artist in me too. Yeah. Of like sometimes I feel like humans can just be inherently bad. Sometimes. Really. Um, like like especially like in today's age, like all the media we consume, like headlines are always pushing for negativity or to scare people, um, and I feel like we're kind of drawn to that as human beings. Like even look at action yeah. movies, like. It, especially in like America, if there's a movie and there's no blood, gore, or violence, it's not gonna get a whole ton of clicks. So like we're always craving that. Yeah. So like, like, 
What you're saying is like basically human mind is very much motivated by fear. Exactly. And like or negativity. And, and it's it's really interesting. I don't know if you heard um, near the end of this spring term at OSU there uh-huh. was uh, I think they're called evangelist. Um, evangelist. Evan. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, someone who came to campus and was preaching like how if you're a pothead or if you masturbate or if you're gay you're going to hell and they were preaching that on campus for about a week and really we covered that, that happened that happened there were multiple people doing it like near the mu in the library oh they're like people like walking and preaching it just holding signs and yelling at oh, students sign. okay 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 gotcha um and we covered that at work uh at orange media and that story was the most liked post we've ever gotten on instagram and i found, really? I found that to be so interesting because like it's more of a negative topic yeah, rather than like a positive one, and we've covered some like an abundance of like new businesses opening or profiles of amazing people on campus. And people don't care. They don't care as much as the ones where it's somebody screaming. Wow. Yeah. That's, so, that's like, very interesting, man. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. fact that like that just had a very like maybe like a negative or even controversial type of you know um, topic or like headline to it, mm-hmm. people like more gravitated. Exactly, which can be really challenging, like. Being a photographer that liked photography because I could express myself rather than like photojournalism, for example, yeah. that's where it kind of gets difficult because you start focusing on the numbers and how, how much your business is growing, but you can't create the content that you want to create, which for mm-hmm. me is something a little more positive than taking photos of like somebody screaming at students as they just go about their day telling them they're going to hell, right? For sure. <laughs> so like that's where it kind of gets to be like personal and work kind of they collide a little bit and it's difficult to balance for sure i feel like that's kind of i mean you work at om and and that's kind of like maybe you can think of it as like a it is a media type of or maybe it is a media yes. organization and like they definitely have like a news aspect to it and you know like when you think about all these news um streams and media streams they always are preaching about something that is gonna either kill us or put fear on us, mm-hmm. or like trying to tell like, they're gonna take this away from you, you exactly. know, like those huge words that they put out. And then you even think about, and I feel like it's kind of interesting, you can, if you, if you can sometimes utilize this to go viral. Mm-hmm. If you just say one controversial thing, exactly. everyone gonna repost that, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> and it even becomes political when it doesn't have to be. Like, look at it, COVID. Exactly. Like, it's literally like, hey, we need to protect ourselves. There's this virus, but then it becomes political mm-hmm. because of, media basically like sure. people people putting controversial statements out there and then those going viral and then that becomes somehow it becomes political when it doesn't need to be and uh, do you think do you think like that's how like let's imagine like you running a media company one day mm-hmm. like how would you like like market your things would you also use the same strategy because it, it is a proven strategy that's like where and, it's very challenging because yeah. like how else would you grow if you don't do something like I would like to think that like my morals would take charge a little bit and I would hope that I would be able to get an audience that would appreciate what it is that we're making rather than audiences who just click on us because we scare them and they want to learn more. Um, So I'm sure that there are more positive strategies that you can figure out. So I I would like to think that I would not become one of those controversial outlets. Um, I definitely like don't don't see myself doing that in the future. yeah, like I would like to, I'd like to spread love, not mm. not scare people and <laughs> and look for clicks and views, right? So I'd rather create meaningful content with less views than create content that is meaningless to me and have more views and more of a following. 
You know one other type of content I see a lot going viral and I found it very interesting is, and this is kind of like within the reign of uh, things that you do, uh, you know those like creative photographies, you know, that uh, they just like, I guess they, they kind of post on Instagram as a reel of like how they create like a specific shot mm -hmm. or something, mm -hmm. you know, something that kind of like, it's kind of like a vow type of moment, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of, I see that goes viral too, you know, mm -hmm. other than the fear part, I feel like that anything that kind of makes us go, oh, wow, mm -hmm. that's like mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, anything you know? that showcases process with reels yeah. now, like bef before when you had posts, um, I think you would see a lot of like just finished pieces. Yeah. And which you'd be like, oh wow, I wonder how they made that. And it'd be like a really quick like, oh cool, I'll like it, and then you move on. Yeah. But now with like these short videos and reels, people are able to share their process of how they create. What and it that's is more create. interesting, right? Exactly. Especially when it feels like you can do it yourself too. Um, like there's a photo that I've, I've been thinking of a lot. Like yeah. I really want to try recreating it. I feel like it's kind of cliche now but uh -huh. um, this person took like a bucket mm -hmm. and they filled it with a little bit of dirt mm -hmm. or they like lined it with dirt yeah. and they put the camera down below and then somebody was like throwing dirt with a shovel into it and it looked mm -hmm. like you were in a grave like it looked like perspective of you being buried alive and that kind of like sticks with me especially when you said that I was like yeah. oh I remember that because I remember seeing the process That's of how they made it because yeah, yeah, yeah. if I saw the final piece I'd be like oh wow maybe they photoshopped it or something but since they like actually did it live and like in camera it was a lot more impressive so it was more fun to see that overall process yeah. I guess I guess kind of like we the the uh, what do you call it the, the negative so I skipped skeptical side mm -hmm. of us is always trying to kind of like when we see a picture say oh this is photoshop this mm -hmm. is like not real this is da 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 but I guess like when you see that real or see the process it kind of like says oh that is actually possible mm -hmm. you know that's actually mm -hmm. something that someone has put on a lot of work on and develop yeah. and, and that's just amazing kind of like motivating too not gonna lie you know, just seeing the process of someone making something, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of like can spark you and motivate you to do the same, you know? Exactly, yeah. And like you just said too, like with the photoshopping, like, yeah. I wish my brain didn't go there all the time of like, oh, they must have just photoshopped it. Like yeah. it feels like an easy way out. And now I'm, I'm feeling the same way about like artificial intelligence. I don't know mm. if you've seen any of like the AI that's coming out. I have, out, I have. But like sometimes I'll see things online and I go, oh, that must be AI generated. And I hate that I think that, but it's just like the world we live in, right? It's like, <laughs> it's just like people are pumping out whatever they want all the time because it's just possible to just possible. put in a prompt and it just, it's there. <laughs> so. That's insane, man. It's crazy. Yeah, just seeing how much the AI can do mm -hmm. and like, even like what I've been saying is like, you can even send a text and ask an AI to generate you a specific text. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like message, and you want to message. Like honestly, okay, let's just look about this. You can actually, if you want to text a girl, you can ask your AI, ChatGPT, hey, I want to get these, this, this, this out of this conversation. Mm -hmm. Draft me something. Exactly. Yeah. Like anything, anything you want. It's insane. It's unbelievable. You could tell it yeah. to like write you, and you can get really specific. Like yeah. write me, like tell me about um, the NASA James Webb Telescope in one thousand words, and mm -hmm. then boom, a thousand words in a second. Uh, Tell me about it in one sentence, and it'll cut all that down into one. One percent. sentence. It's yeah, it's nuts. So like, yeah, open open AI is getting crazy. Mid Journey, Dolly, like it's all insane. And I don't know if you've seen the new Photoshop um, update that came out, but there's uh, a generative fill now in the beta. Okay. And so, have you ever used like any of the um, 
the prompt AIs where you type in a prompt. Yeah. It. So imagine that, but you circle a part of the image, and then you tell it what you want there, and then it just puts it there. Wait, so... So like, for example, if I took a photo of you right here, uh -huh. and I put you in a Photoshop, and I circled your head, and I could put, yeah. give him a top hat, and then it would just give you a top hat. Oh, And then yes. it would give me options. Yes, and that is actually pretty funny. Uh, I think that's uh, what my friend is doing. He basically takes a picture of a, a room. He's actually kind of been experimenting with that. And like, you know, um, he would generate some AI stuff within that picture. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he would just post on Instagram, guess what is generated by AI here, you know? And it's, it's kind of okay. interesting because like, it, sometimes it's just like, everything looks real. Mm -hmm. It's just like how accurate that AI could be. Yeah. And it's, it's all about the relationship between the person and the machine too. Like once yeah. you get to learn it, then you get better at it. And like you just said, imagine how many like, I don't want to be like that person, but imagine how many jobs can be replaced with what they just did. Like, let's take example, like you're taking a photo of an empty room because you're putting it up on the market to sell, yeah. like as a realtor. Yeah. You can take a photo of that, fill it up with fake furniture in yeah. 30 seconds, and then boom, you have a professional looking image with professional looking furniture. And there you didn't you have to get movers, you didn't have to get people to stage it, you didn't have to get a photographer. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's nuts. So, yeah, that's the world. And that's... How does that, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Terrified. I mean, Terrified. as a graphic design major, um, AI wasn't even a thing when I first began college. And yeah. then now, all of a sudden, it feels like it's everything. Um, and I actually kind of respect some of my professors because we're starting to integrate it into our work a little bit more. Okay, um, that's good actually. Like using it as a, as a part of the process. So AI can be really, really helpful for generating ideas since mm -hmm. it can just, it's infinite. You can have infinite ideas with AI, um, but there's still that human component if you use that as inspiration and then implement it in your work that way. 100%. I think it's way, and that can be part of the processes we were talking about mm -hmm. too. Like if you showcase that in your work, I mm -hmm. think that's more respectable than if you just took the image AI made. Um, although there are some AI artists that I'm following who like... AI artists? Yeah. So they what like... What does that mean? Like they, they'll put in a prompt and then they get the results and then they work with that one image like for uh -huh. a good while to make like an image that they're happy with. So they're, oh, so, so they're using the machine as the way to, to create basically. Well, then they won't be artists though. Like the AI is the artist. So, That's well, the controversy behind it. Yeah. It's yeah, like, like who is really the creator? Who's the creator? I mean, I can see it in terms of like, it might be, uh, it might be this, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I understood it properly, but like maybe if they creating, uh, using the AI prompt something to generate a, a base mm -hmm. and then they will add to it, sure, we can- But they're it. adding to it all with AI though. Oh, they're adding also with AI. Mm -hmm. So they're refining the picture by using AI. Is that an artist? Is the paint the artist or is the painter the artist? <laughs> I guess it depends on how you look at it. Um, like you could you could view it as like AI being a tool rather than the final result, but at the same time, like I understand what you're saying because like you're not you're not the one f like physically putting anything down to mm -hmm. tell it what exactly to do. Mm -hmm. It's still kind of a mystery, but you're refining it to such a point to where I think you can still be considered an artist. It just depends on like you're a prompter for sure. You know, yeah. you're prompting and asking and everything. Um, you know, like. I think it's quite interesting. Maybe one thing that's gonna like grow a lot in the next couple of years are pe people being expert at how to ask AI to do certain things. Oh my gosh, I think that's already a thing. Um, oh, is it? Okay. Someday you should look up, have you heard of Mid Journey? Yeah. 
Okay, so Midjourney has like their gallery page where people mm -hmm. can share things to the community thread. Mm -hmm. Those images are beautiful. And whenever I've used Midjourney, I can't make anything like that. And what's really cool about the gallery is since it's all public, you can see the prompts that people have put in. And it's literally an essay of just phrases and words to create what it is they're looking for. And like whenever I would use Midjourney, it would be no more than like 10 individual phrases. But these people are making like, oh my, like they can't write in a story. Like a whole movie script worth of just, yeah, wow. they're writing a story to create one image. So, like, you really are, you have to learn how to interact with the machine. I feel like, I've, I don't know how to drive a stick shift car, but whenever people talk about how they drive their specific yeah. stick shift, they're like, I just understand my car so well. Yeah. Like, I know how to make it start and run, and like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's something like that, where you have to build that relationship with the machine, even though it doesn't feel like something you need to work on mm -hmm. since it creates such amazing results, you s it still takes some time to get to know it, to use it properly. I know, man, it's, it's kinda, it's insane what is going on with this whole AI thing, and... Uh, did you see that viral video of, um, I think it was Shaq in a beer commercial? And they, Shaq and a beer commercial. Yeah, they I made. Mean, I've seen the Shaq and beer commercial, but I don't know if AI was made that. So, if yeah, you probably haven't seen it. If if you're, I don't think I've seen the way you're talking about it. Because exactly. this yeah. one's a little cursed. Because since AI isn't uh, perfect, it's like you can very much tell that it's artificially made. Made, but uh, like it, it went viral because of how horrible it looks. But still, uh, like when you consider how long this technology has like kind of been in the public, and it only gets better. It only gets better. And yeah. all it. The, the thing about open AI, I feel like that maybe people don't understand is like it's like human brain cut up a while. You know, human brain by practicing gets better. Mm -hmm. the, the AI also is like that. The algorithm keeps getting updated by all these prompts. You know, it's mm -hmm. like constantly improving, constantly mm -hmm. improving. You know, because like you know, you know, one thing that has like when you prompt something, they usually ask you, "Are you satisfied with your result?" Mm -hmm. And if you don't say yes, or you, uh, then it's gonna analyze it. The AI is gonna analyze. Okay, why was it not satisfying? How can I generate a better thing? And this kind of helps it to improve over time. And right. Who knows what's going to happen in and don't, and don't like quote me on this because I didn't actually do research on this, but I've heard from people that like the creators of Instagram don't even know like the algorithm anymore because it has done so much work on its own really? to the point where like they don't even know okay. how, I to, how I, to change. I gotta look that up. That's I'll need to look it up too so yeah. I can get like true facts for you, but like... Things like that, like since it is forever changing and it's changing on its own at mm -hmm. times, like how can we ever like keep up with it at this point now? Like mm -hmm. the Pandora's box is open, like it's never going away now. So it's just gonna keep getting better and better as you said, so. How do you see your role in this kind of like new generation of technology be? Like what will be your role? I've been thinking about that and it's honestly been, like I, like I said, I'm a little bit of a pessimist, I feel yeah. like, and I kind of see it as like a doomsday at times. Because mm -hmm. um, I've used, so like, what I want to do when I'm out in the field is really do like rebrands of companies. Mm -hmm. Like I want people to come to me and be like, hey, we need a new logo website, we just want to freshen mm -hmm. up. And so I use Midjourney to kind of generate some logo ideas just mm -hmm. to see what it could do, and they're beautiful, like they're amazing. You could be like, give me a logo of a coffee shop located in blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And it would do it. So, like, I see myself kind of as, since I'm, like, a creative thinker and I'm a problem solver, I see myself being, like, kind of, like, the in-between between maybe, like, AI, if that is what the future holds, and then the company. They come to me to generate ideas, and I'm the creative one, so I can think of what to put into the AI to then create. 
the kind of like the prompt expert that we just talked about. Exactly. Like, like, if that's where the world is headed, then that's probably where I see a lot of graphic designers ending up. Um, I think it's a skill. Like, uh, honestly, developing that type of skill, it might be like something that can make you money, mm -hmm. a lot of money. Just like how uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's a new language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How to communicate an AI? It's a new language. Yeah. I mean, it has a English structure, but like the way that you got it, the grammar is very important. I think. Yeah. Anyone that can understand the grammar uh, can create or make money or do things that like other people don't. So mm -hmm. I think it's definitely like an like a an area for growth for a lot of people that mm -hmm. want to like make money, do anything they want, you know, or like apply certain skills that they have and apply that to a type of prompt that can be able to kind of generate them any revenue or anything. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> and I think as know. like uh, as a visual artist, like. I would say I'm able to pick up on like details that the majority of people wouldn't be able to pick up on. Yeah. And so, like, whereas I'll just say average for lack of a better word, like if an average person were to use Midjourney, they would probably go like a few trials and then be happy with the result. As in, where if I were to use Midjourney to create something, I want it to, to be perfect, especially since it's AI. So I would be doing like hundreds of iterations to get what I'm looking for, whereas maybe somebody who isn't a visual artist would be happy with a couple, and then they would just take that. Whereas I think you could be a little bit, like have a more polished brand or look if you went through the effort of doing all those iterations to really see what it is that you could create. You growing up, uh, what are like some things, you know, like that's just so different about you then than it is right now? Oh man. Um, well, I grew up, uh, I grew up Catholic. Yeah. Uh, in a pretty small town uh -huh. um, that's just like rural so I was kind of like sometimes I felt like a bit of an oddball in that little town since like I felt more of an artist and I'm a pretty I'm sensitive for a guy I feel like growing up so I was kind of viewed as just not manly and stuff like that which mm. and like now like since I'm here in Corvallis like I'm really embracing those personality traits and I don't feel judged here like I did in, in Scappoose where I grew up yeah um, so I feel like that's really changed I'm, I'm beginning to be more comfortable with myself and recognizing that the way I am is not flawed mm -hmm. but I should embrace it and let it kind of flourish in my environment so there was a little judgment growing up? I, you, I feel like I, even if it, I mean, it might have been self-initiated yeah. just because I maybe there was judgment from one person, I overthought it, but mm. like still, like being here, I'm way happier and I've really mm. grown into like, I feel like I'm growing into the person I'm supposed to be, whereas I felt very, I felt very like ang angsty in Scappoose. Like I wasn't being let free a little bit. Like I felt really like jittery inside and like I wanted to just let loose. Like, out of place, angry, mm -hmm. like... A little bit, yeah. Uh, out of, yeah. Uh, like, I couldn't find my people, you know? Um, I don't remember... I don't remember anybody enjoying photography or graphic design as much as I did in Scapoos. And so, to that extent, it was very difficult to find similar... To kind of bond. Yeah, exactly. Bond with people. Um, of course, we would find other things to do with my very close mm -hmm. friends who I still talk to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that was really difficult. Like I really wanted to go on photo shoots with other photographers and learn from people, sure. but all of those relationships um, with other photographers was strictly virtual. And so it wasn't like a real, didn't feel real or like, mm -hmm. like a foundational friendship, you know? Especially when you don't even know the person because they're like a celebrity. But mm -hmm. 
like I'm just watching I'm watching one photographer over and over again with their tutorials and it feels like we're friends but it's all a parasocial relationship they don't yeah. know who I am at all but yeah. I feel like I know them and their skills so like that was difficult it's, it was hard but oh, like yeah, 100%, yeah. being here now I'm a little intimidated by some of the people I'm around because they're so amazing at photography now I just want to spend all my time with them and learn and just be around all these creative people so for sure um, and like because did you feel I'm actually interested did you feel judged before you uh, pick up the camera and do photography mm. or was it like after because I want to know if it was like photography was kind of like the way of you trying to kind of make more peace within yourself you know kind of like letting out all those emotions that you're oh, feeling. Oh for sure like you photography know? was such a fun way for me to experiment with an art form that was pretty quick uh -huh. like I, I did a lot of sketching and doodling as a kid and cartooning and that was really enjoyable for me because I was able to like make characters and like have a good time make comic yeah. strips but why photography clicked so well with me I think is because I'm not patient I do not have a lot of patience and so I was able to go out take a photo edit it and I would have this piece that I was really happy with and I was able to make it in less than a day um, and so yes like that was an amazing way for me to find peace within myself because I was able to make fulfilling work very quickly mm -hmm. it gave me a lot of like instant gratification mm -hmm. um, and also that but like people would come to me because they wanted me to take their portrait and then that was a way for me to bond with Socialize. people exactly uh, even if they didn't have similar interests as me mm -hmm. I was still able to get to know different people get to know their lives hear unique stories mm -hmm. and that was a blast I love I love doing that still love doing it but yeah uh, the, the first thing we did actually that kind of like definitely gave me the feeling of how interested you are not only on the picture but mm -hmm. like just me being part of that photo shoot I just, yeah like yeah. I just want to get to know people and like yeah. it's amazing to hear people's stories um, especially like as you're taking their photo like mm -hmm. I, I see that I see my style with individual photo shoots change even in one photo shoot with a person really? as I get to know them like I will like I'm always kind of testing people a little bit of like how far can I push them mm -hmm. like I don't know if you remember but I was making you do like some pretty cliche cheesy poses I remember yeah and I feel like <laughs> like it kind of breaks the ice a little bit for me because I'm able to be like oh, okay they aren't afraid to do that and then I can see where they'll go next like the tattoo photos that we took those are some of my favorites I took of you that day um, but of it course is. I'm not gonna do that the very first photos we take, right? Like, I'm gonna, I wanna try you to get be you long. comfortable and get to know you a little bit more before I see if I can push you in that direction. Do you feel like when you do photo shoot, people like at the beginning, they're more like insecure and they're not opened up yet? Is that how you Sometimes, feel um, um, with the people with the people that I go to, like if huh. I have to approach people because I like their style, mm -hmm. that's very difficult because mm -hmm. a lot of the times those people don't want their photo taken. Um, but it's different if somebody comes to me because then they already have that confidence in them, I feel like. Um, like very rarely do I get somebody who's like, hey Ash, will you take photos of me? And then we go take photos and they're like, just so you know, I don't like being behind the camera. That rarely happens. No, that long, um, yeah. yeah. It's so uh, usually it's the other way around. If I'm like, hey, can I take your photo? And they're like, mm. I don't. I, I feel like I'm not a good model. And I yeah. go, don't even worry. That's my job is to pose you, and make you look good. And then I do that, and that usually like they go, okay, I'll trust you. But there you go. Um, like I did this road trip class uh, like 12 weeks ago now. Uh huh where we uh, went down to San Francisco in a van and then we drove up the coast and stopped at small towns along the way and a part of the assignment was to take 15 portraits of strangers uh, and I only got declined one time and so like all the portraits I took uh, sometimes people would be very hesitant and then I would take the photo show them and they were very happy and like that that feels so amazing as an artist to like 
ha have random strangers trust you and then be happy with the result. That is like one of the best feelings ever. What is your like? When you when you take a picture, like you know, uh, everybody has a purpose. You know, what is your purpose? You know, like within what you within photography. My purpose for myself, uh -huh. I it's just to get to know. I just want to know people. Like is that is that what it is? A motivation to do more for the shoot or like mm -hmm. in portrait to just. Uh, I want to relate. I want to get to know people. Mm -hmm. That kind of gets me. That kind of pushes me forward. Yeah. Really. Like, uh, <clears throat> so I got. There was this one person that I used to photograph pretty regularly in mm -hmm. Scapoose, um, and while I really. I'm thankful for that person because they helped me grow by letting me experiment with different techniques. Uh -huh. I did get very bored sometimes just because like it's the same person over and over and over. Like mm -hmm. I love photography because I get to photograph so many different things and so many different people. Um, so that is what pushes me is seeing different people and photographing them and hearing hearing their stories as we're taking mm -hmm. photos. Yeah. And you know, uh, another thing that you you said that you want to do as your as your career is branding, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how that has anything to do with like the purpose that you have with photography? Are they kind of correlated? So that is really interesting. So during any like client kickoff meeting, uh -huh. if you are redesigning for a company, you have to like really know not only the person but what the company is. You mm -hmm. need to know the morals, the values, what it, who their target audience is. And so through that process of learning what the company is yeah. about, you're learning a lot about that person. Uh, which is like, like that is phenomenal. Um, like I just worked with a client at the Linus Pauling Institute and although we were designing these like cases for uh, yeah. a scientist named Linus Pauling, I learned who the client was through that process. And so I'm still learning about people and I still get to talk and like yeah. kind of uh, deconstruct who they are because at the end of the day, I need to please the client, not yeah. myself. Yeah. And through that, I of course need to understand who they are and what it is they're looking for. So for those sure. things are very much correlated, yeah. Wow. You know, from, from doing these things, uh, talking to people and the photography, because photography, it's, I, I think it sometimes like puts people in a vulnerable situation, mm -hmm. you know, like just having your pictures taken up. Mm -hmm. you, you've always been having a feeling of vulnerability, mm -hmm. I feel like in front of the camera. Some people may know, maybe may they don't feel like that if they're very confident. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, what are the things that you think that you have personally learned from people? Mm -hmm. You know, that you just like people as in general, you know, with human nature. I mean, first, like things that I've noticed <clears throat> is like it's way more difficult to photograph the older generation than it is to photograph the younger generation. Really? And I think that is because the older generation have a reputation that they're trying to uphold. So they get nervous when they have their photo taken because if it's not how they want to present themselves, then they have like, you know, 60 plus years behind them that is kind of represented in that one photo. So I find it a little harder to relate with older subjects than younger subjects. Um, sometimes it can actually be the opposite though, because like since the younger generation grew up with the internet and always putting their face out there, sometimes they feel more self-conscious than, so I guess that kind of refutes each other, but it depends on the person. Um, so like things like that, like I've, <clears throat> Through people, it kind of depends on like location. Like depending on where I'm photographing is where I learn different things. So, like if I'm photographing rural citizens, then that uh -huh. is going to be different than if I'm photographing people in the city. Um, 
yeah, like I, I learn uh, just by having conversation about people. Like I, I learn about like what their aspirations are, what their goals are, and like that really inspires me to keep mm -hmm. going too. Um, like, like yeah, I, I, I don't know if I learned like overall lessons by doing this, but I learn about individual people, like mm -hmm. what their goals are, and that for me is fulfilling. Do you do you ask like uh, like actually the question of like what are your goals are, what are your purpose, things like that for the photo shoot? Sometimes, like? yeah, depends yeah. on like how comfortable I think the person is, but. So when you ask that question, that's a very interesting question, you know, because uh, thinking about like usually like the kind of like the, the subjects of the people that you photo do photography, uh, they're is it fair to expect there be like between twenty five to eighteen? Is that the first judgment or like 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 my, the age of my subjects? Yeah, usually for now, yeah. Yeah, eighteen to twenty five. So like when you ask them like what's your goal, like what uh, what are like kind of like the response I usually get? It's they're usually like very ambitious, which I think is amazing. Like so you hear ambition, you but you hear mm -hmm. something, right? Yes, yes. Like okay. I want to open my own business. I want to travel. I want to you know be comfortable financially, um, and like <clears throat> like. The, I find that so interesting that everyone says the same thing and then as we get to talk more about like I I it just kind of comes up in a lot of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's me or if it's like current societal things but like a lot of the time politics come up or like mm -hmm. something involving how like it's a struggle just to pay rent sometimes like things like that. Mm -hmm. And so seeing seeing people live that way in that age range of 18 to 25 and then hearing their ambitious goals mm -hmm. like I yeah, I find that to be very interesting. Um, like, it doesn't sound like our generation is willing to quit. It sounds like we are going to, like, push through and do whatever it is really? that we can do. That's yeah. how you feel. That's how I feel, especially through all the people I photograph, at least. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's who I'm choosing or who's coming to me, but that seems to be a common common thread. And, like, you know, when people like, are ambition and they talk about all these different goals, um, one thing I'm curious to know is, are those goals like for one person you know like is it just specific or is it it's more of a broad type of goals that you usually they're pretty specific. specific i have a good friend back at home who uh i really enjoy going on photo shoots with him because yeah. he's usually the one that's like he's sporadic he's like take my photo here go here i'll pose like this i'll do this yeah i love him for that yeah. and he has uh like very specific goals that he's already started like he's starting a non-profit um for food and for so sure. he's going to be feeding food deserts hopefully in the near future mm -hmm. through um what's it called uh uh He's going to be growing plants in water, whatever that is called. I'm forgetting what that is called. Growing plants in water? Poly something. But anyways, anyway, he's like uh, already started that and like he's like kickstarted it already. And he's gotten, mm -hmm. he's gotten funding from like the, the local governments and stuff like that. So like things like I'm already seeing it start to unravel in front of me. And I just took their photo like a year ago and we talked about it and like... So yeah, I'm seeing very specific ones. Okay. Um, some people are just content with having like any job that pays well and living wherever. So sometimes it's like, I just want to be financially stable and not have to worry about going to the store. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, sweet, awesome. And then it kind of just, that's it. But some people are like, they know every Where's detail. Specific, They've yeah. planned it to the day, yeah. Is that, is that how you are or do you, are you more of like a step at a time type of person? I think I'm more of a step at a time type of person. Mm -hmm. I think I would like to be more go with the flow. Go with the flow? Yeah, because if I overthink it, then it's just going to be, it's going to be too much. I, I like to just kind of go, go with the wind, see, see where it takes me. See where it takes you. I have broad goals of like, I want to be a graphic designer mm -hmm. and then I want to live in a city. So as long as those two things exist, 
I think I'm gonna be happy. You kind of like have a have a destination, but you don't mind going this way instead of like the exactly other way. straightforward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I'm okay with taking some turns along the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that maybe like also comes from your creative, your level of creativity. You know, you just want to kind of test more water, see mm -hmm. what's happening around your way, and then to mm -hmm. get to that place. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to like experience, experience the world because I grew up in a really small town and like I wasn't exposed to a whole lot of different cultures or travel and like, so that is very interesting to me that I'm now entering the world where I'm able to do those things. If you had the choice actually to go to a university in like NYU University, mm -hmm. New York, mm -hmm. then OSU, would you still choose OSU? I think I might like, take up the chance to go somewhere else. Like, let's consider, like, the money's the same and all that. I think yeah. I would definitely move somewhere else. Like a bigger city, like a New York. City. Like, okay. Yeah. So in Scappoose, what we would do for fun, as soon as people started getting their permits and licenses, mm -hmm. is we would drive to Portland, and we would spend the day in Portland. Really? And that's, like, that was our fun activity because, you know. Just going to Portland was exciting. Yes, and walking around and seeing people. So, yeah. like, definitely somewhere bigger is where I think I thrive. Mm -hmm. um, Corvallis was a step up from 7,000 to 60,000, but mm -hmm. I want like one of those 500,000 plus cities mm -hmm. and yeah, like millions of people around me and I'm like, yes. So one thing I want to ask you is, uh, being, being a man living in a Corvallis and kind of experiencing what is going on in Corvallis, you know, uh, what do you think are like some of the problems that like, uh, man is facing today hmm. like within your peers maybe you kind of kind of feel it you know um well i mean i'm feeling like i think especially with a university yeah i like i still think that there's like some sort of stigma about like physical appearance mm -hmm. um like i'm really pushing myself to go to the gym because i want to feel yeah. better for myself for sure but a lot of the times when i have conversations with some people at the gym which is rarely because mm -hmm. the gym isn't really my place to socialize but <laughs> when i do it seems like they're always going to the gym to impress somebody else not to get better for them um so i think like in regards to men mm -hmm. um we need to do more for ourselves and show compassion towards each other and that doesn't necessarily make us weak um, or like it's okay to be sensitive and to cry. I know that that is becoming more popular too, of, like showing emotion as a man, um, but I think it's still kind of an issue. Like you shouldn't suppress it and bottle it up. Um, and I'm sure it's also just like, <laughs> it's also just like the age we're in and like we're in college, but yeah. like I think I'm noticing like some of my peers having some sort of like substance dependency too, especially as guys, which I think is a bit unfortunate. It is, um, sure. And like even if I try to have those conversations in an mm -hmm. open, open way, it doesn't, the conversation doesn't really like it's I don't have a problem don't don't worry about it but then like the problem persists and it continues like I see that as an issue too mm -hmm. but again like I see like we're free and in college or it feels like we're you know independent so I don't know if it's that being like a new exciting factor or if it's kind of more of the world and we're using substances as a way to avoid mm -hmm. you know tragedies that are happening <laughs> and Especially, like, there's so much, like, as we were talking about at the beginning, like, just negativity around. I don't know if they're using substances as a crutch or something, but that, that's a little scary to me to see that often, so. For sure. Yeah. No, that's very interesting, uh, because we see that a lot, using substances to just 
live the life, you know, like, mm -hmm. and as much as it's kind of hard and sad to admit, but I feel like there is like an addiction going on for a lot of people, like, mm -hmm. you know, that like, hey, I have to do these certain things to feel good, to get all out of my bed, Yeah, which is, um, which is not good. I don't necessarily know exactly at the moment, you know, what is, or maybe I know, I don't know, uh, what is really initiating or making people feel that way, making people that you have to do that, mm -hmm. you know, to get over it. It's, I think a lot of times, you know, when you come to college, it could be peer pressure. Mm -hmm. And peer pressure plays a huge role because, you know, and one of the mo most important things I usually like, like to talk to my peers about, about, you know, how much we are all looking for validation, acknowledgement, and how important that is to us, you know, that kind of like, Everybody, everyone wants to feel validated. Everyone wants to feel hurt. You know, you have a lot of people that did not feel hurt in their childhood. You know, they've like you even said it yourself. You feel, you felt like they were being um, judged, and you know, mm -hmm. feeling of judgment is come with not feeling validated. You know, mm -hmm. so and that kind of like can be a factor of us doing certain things right now. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, so I've, I've like, uh, it's really nice to be able to like find people uh, who have similar interests and values as you too. Yeah. Like my current roommates could not be more amazing. Like yeah. they push me to become a better person and like look out for my health as I do for them. And that's, that's, yeah, that's amazing. You know, just like, just hearing that. Cause like, I guess like the best thing we can do is to just surround ourselves with people that are um, completing us in the areas that we lack and mm -hmm. help us to grow in those areas. So. Yeah, and like, <clears throat> like uh, my roommates and I like are not afraid to just like yeah. hug each other and be like, how's it, like how's your day, how's it going, welcome yeah. home, and like it's good to see you, like mm -hmm. especially if like one of us was gone for a week or something, mm -hmm. like I don't feel strange doing that with mm -hmm. them, which I think should be more of a normal thing, personally. Like mm -hmm. we should just be able to show love towards the people that we care about and not have to feel pressure from society that we don't fit that role, right? Of like, you're a man, you can't show emotion. Just mm -hmm. wake up, work, and then die. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, those are some of the issues that I've seen, but. No, yeah. uh, there definitely exists, and there are definitely like a lot of conversation going on within that topic, you mm -hmm. know? Like, some people feel comfortable doing it, some people think, see it as weakness, some people see it as strength, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? and. Um, I don't know, I guess you gotta find the weaknesses and strength within yourself. Everybody can only answer for themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, what 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 is it what does that mean to them? And I feel like if we can just respect what other people think of themselves in that way, that's just good. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. good enough. You yeah. know, we don't necessarily need to peer pressure anybody to like think our own way, but we we're comfortable seeing the other people acting the way that they act, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um uh, next question I have for you is it's, it's a very interesting question I've been asking a lot throughout all of the episodes. And that is, do you think uh, respect is earned or gained? Hmm. Do you earn respect or is it, like, oh, sorry, earned or given? Like you need to respect everybody. I don't know if I made sense. Yeah. I, think res I think at the end of the day, respect is more earned than it is given. Mm -hmm. um, like I can, like example, like I can give you respect 
but you need to earn it in the future because yeah. like of course I want to be respectful especially during our first couple times meeting is like a good impression mm -hmm. but to really like understand somebody I think that needs to be earned through action and words and proving yourself for sure um, and I think that can be uh, applied to multiple different things whether that be like family relationships mm -hmm. uh, dating relationships friendships even like work work life I think respect is mostly earned rather than given um, I think I think you give I think you give respect initially to kind of test the waters of of whatever it is whatever relationship it is that you're delving into mm -hmm. but then over time it needs to be more earned so that you know that that's what that's what kind of keeps the relationship going is that you have mutual respect for one another I guess like at the beginning as you said it's like I respect you enough to give you the chance yeah, to exactly. prove me that I can respect you and on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, what is the biggest lesson you have learned from your life for this whole journey that you have till today? Uh, I think just like I'm still forever going to be learning, but just yeah. communicate how it is I'm feeling. <laughs> um, Especially with college, I've learned that I'm, I tend to suppress a lot of the emotions I'm feeling. Maybe that's because I'm an only child and I grew up in that small town sort of feeling. And like if I were to be vulnerable, everybody in the whole town would know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think learning to open up and sharing my emotions rather than keeping them bottled up is one of the most important things that I'm currently learning to do. Vulnerability? Yeah, being be, being able to be vulnerable around the people that I know care about me. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to be scared to open up. Mm -hmm. um, because, like you said, these people have earned my respect, so I need to do the same and show them that I can be mature enough to share, mm -hmm. share my thoughts and feelings and, mm -hmm. and, and not not change change the way I'm acting and not give them a reason like I in the past and I'm sure in the future still yeah um, my whole personality tends to change when I'm feeling stressed in my own head like I get quiet or I get irritable or I get a little angry but if I can just express myself and be vulnerable for a moment and just explain to them why I'm feeling that way um, then the whole process would just be so smoother. So that is like the biggest goal and lesson that I've learned so far is just to be honest and open and communicative. Do you feel like vulnerability can help you to just be uh, like about a specific topic or anything? Vulnerability can help you to be uh, over time more open to everybody. Oh, I think for sure. Yeah. Um, and well, I think like Fundamentally, I think like us as people are feeling similar emotions. We just don't feel comfortable enough to share, share them. them. So then we feel very isolated mm -hmm. because we're having these thoughts. But I feel like if more people were vulnerable, then we would all understand each other a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so that would cause us to, yeah, to be able to be be more open with each be other. Be more open. Yeah. 100%. Is there anything else that's in your chest or you want to share or you want to talk about? Oh, man. I don't know. I kind of want to know about like. I want to know like your relationship with art, and like what it is that you value in artwork. My relationship with art. Um. That's a good question. I remember like uh, when I was you know sitting in my art class in middle school. Um, I always had the very very hard time, just being able to do the art. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know, maybe I did not have the patience to even learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. So it was always a huge struggle for me. Mm -hmm. However, on the other hand, I remember like uh, at the time in that classroom, our our teacher was uh, a class had like a chalkboard, you know, and the, the, the teacher of the art class was amazing with just drawing fantastic stuff with chalk on the board. Mm -hmm. So I remember him like while we while we doing like you know our, our, our art pieces you know uh, throughout the class you know while we were busy doing that he would go to the board and he would draw his own things you know usually it could be a line it could be like I don't know something like more abstract or I don't know and although I did not really enjoy that enjoy like myself doing it for any reason I always had a, a huge vow for just seeing that art in the board, you know? That's kind of grew uh, grew in me that like, okay, I, I'm, I'm actually fascinated by art. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're just like, it opens my mind a lot about like, a lot of different things, especially abstract art. I don't know mm -hmm. why, but I'm just in love with abstract art. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, cause it's just like so many different ways you can interpret it. Right. Uh, as much as I don't necessarily, I'm not an artist, or I mean, I did play instruments, that's form of art, mm -hmm. you know, for sure. Uh, and I love playing instruments, you know, that was definitely a big part of my life. Uh, but art as a painting, never been my forte. That was going to be my next question as to like, even though maybe you don't enjoy it personally, if you still see the value in it. Oh, I see huge value yeah. in it. I feel like uh, I personally become even more creative by just looking at art. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see it as, there was this, uh, I think you have been there maybe, if you were in San Francisco, there is this um, Museum, of, Museum of Modern Museum of, yep, Museum of Modern Art. art. Yeah, Modern MoMA. Art. MoMA, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge museum. Mm -hmm. I love that museum. I remember yeah. I went there and it just like, I had a, like a, just stimulus yeah, 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 I was like, wow. You know, I would just go look at these arts and I'm like, wow, and it's just fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I, I really definitely enjoy it. It gives me ideas, it helps me be more creative. And it definitely is also a great way for me, I guess, to um, socialize. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like you can socialize a lot and talk to people a lot when it comes to art. Mm -hmm. You know, because I believe we all are creative. In our own ways, mm -hmm. you know, we just gotta find out what spark creativity in different people. Right. You know. While I find the term art, <clears throat> like of course it's so broad because there's so many different forms of. There's so many different forms. Of art, yes. Um, like what I find so interesting about it is like I don't know if I would ever meet anybody who says that they don't see any value in art. I I think everybody can like relate to that. Yeah. Um, but like I don't think people would apply that same statement to other other topics um, that they're not passionate about. Like, like math. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. although it's so important, like, people wouldn't go, I don't see the value in it. But I think everyone would say that they see the value in art, and I find yeah. that to be very intriguing. I mean, you cannot say, there's at least something that you do throughout your day that has something to do with art. Mm -hmm. Music is art, you know. We all, like, almost, almost all, everybody listens to music. And, mm -hmm. you know, I actually had a, had a conversation with a DJ, and we're just talking about how much like music uh, really, really is a show of emotions, yeah. you know, and how much like creativity even exists within music. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I actually, when, when I want to like be creative, idea, uh, come with ideas and stuff, I listen to some type of music and it mm -hmm. helps me kind of like sparks my mind to be more creative. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like we watch movies, movies are all a form of art. So it's kind of hard to say you, 
do not relate with art one way or the other. Like, mm -hmm. I don't see it. Yeah. I personally don't see it. You yeah, know? I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, like, to tie it back into what we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. I think that's why AI can be so scary sometimes because it seems like there's no human emotion behind it. Like, yeah. does human, does that human emotion define what art is or is art purely just a creation made by something? Or does it have to be made by a person? Well, you can form it this way. Does human emotions create art or does art create human emotion? To catch 22. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. because you can definitely get emotion off with art. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So many times I've been listening to like some type of music and especially like the traditional music, you know, very classic music. I don't know, it, it literally sparks emotions in mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. You know, like it either kind of makes me very like down and that type of vibe or makes me happy. Like definitely sparks emotion. Like do you also find like with music, so mm -hmm. I've been kind of, there's this song by uh, called Solitude by Billie Holiday. I don't know if you've heard it. I've not. No. Okay, you gotta listen to it. So like, okay. a lot of the music coming out now is like so formulaic in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like it's very easy to predict what sounds are going to be next or... Oh, easy. Yeah, I mean, depends on how music, but like, mostly, yeah. Yeah, or like it's repeated. Like it's repeated the same sure. tune is repeated a few times throughout the song, um, but I find like, I'm, I'm really like appreciating older music right now because like you can tell it's a real instrument. It's not a machine creating those sounds. Mm -hmm. um, and like I think that is something that'll never be lost. Like mm -hmm. that that ability for like oh, you know some somebody played that live and like that's how it sounded. That's how it sounded. And it's not recorded and fine tuned and then picked apart to then make it perfect. Um, for sure. So I think like that that inherently is always going to be true too. Of mm -hmm. like. If it's created by a person and you can sense it, yeah. it's it's going to feel more emotional than more something emotional. that was digitalized and fine-tuned. Oh, that that's hundred percent true, and that's why like uh, I find a lot of uh, value in alter alternative music. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're just gonna mix and master. You know, like there are like so many different things comes to it together some different instruments to just create one piece. Mm -hmm. You know, those type of music, or the classic music, you know, the ones that you know that somebody's sitting behind the piano playing mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. You know, those are just... And it shows like, it shows like craftsmanship and skill and like you developed, <clears throat> you developed this skill too and it's, it's... As we talked about, you know, you see the process. Exactly. Or you feel the process, yeah. you know, it's not just a picture, it's not just a post. Mm -hmm. And with music, I feel like you're some, in some way, like if you were to hear a pianist playing live and mm -hmm. they're super talented, I mm -hmm. feel like just by hearing that and viewing them play, that's mm -hmm. almost a way of showing them or, or they're showing you their whole process by whole showing process. you how they've mastered it. Yeah. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Art is amazing, man. Uh, I think uh, we all somehow utilize art in our life. Mm -hmm. And uh, you either have a poster in your room or something that could be part of, uh, part of, life, part of art. You can have a painting or you can have music, mm -hmm. movies, and God, we all watch movies. And movies, I feel like, are... Huh? We all watch movies. And movies are... <laughs> actually, I feel like if you... There's this one guy, um, I forgot his name, I was listening to, and he's a crazy, he's crazy about movies. Mm -hmm. And he's not an actor or director, but he's just fascinated by it, by mm -hmm. the form of art. He said, the way I watch a movie, and I, I think I tried it this once, is I first watch it as a form of entertainment. 
then I watch it uh, from the director uh, perspective and then I will shut the sound for no mm -hmm. sound and then I watch it again from the camera perspective mm -hmm. just like the visual perspective and he was like you can gain different values and learn different things about the art behind mm -hmm. it when you when you think about it in different perspective of it mm -hmm. you know? yeah exactly yeah especially something like a movie when there's so many different components to it like i wonder what would happen if you shut the screen off but still listen to it and you heard the pacing yeah. yeah so yeah. Mm -hmm. i think i've heard that too i'll try to find who said that too i'll search, yeah. I'll search for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> wonderful man uh, it was great having you on Yes I Am podcast. It was great, uh, great being here. Yeah, we call ourselves Yes I Am because we believe, I believe as a creator of this podcast that you, anybody can put anything in front of Yes I Am and they can believe on it, believe on it, and they can become, become that person. Mm -hmm. Oh, they can express themselves. Mm -hmm. So what would Ashton put in front of Yes I Am? I am learning, or yes, I am learning, or yes, I am forever developing myself as a person, or yes. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's, that's actually a great one to hear, you know? Mm -hmm. Learning never stops, for sure. Never stops. Yeah, never stops. AI. <laughs> <laughs> good to have you, man. Thank you for being here on the podcast. Anytime. Yeah? Anytime. It's good seeing you. Thank you for joining us on this captivating episode. If you found it inspiring, subscribe and share with your friends. Together, let's spread the power of vulnerability and authenticity. Stay connected and continue exploring transformative stories. Keep saying yes I am to embrace your true self. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at ArmanASKZ for more inspiration. Until next time, keep shining your authentic light and you're capable of amazing things. And as always, yes I am. <laughs>